For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 708 on CJD. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How are you, Josh? Excellent, Dan. Great. And uh, as I said in the incredibly cheesy promo this week, <laughs> we're, in, we're putting a couple of dentists in the chair, switching things up on them. Uh, so we welcome to the program Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you know, usually, Dan, we set up the show and we say, what does your business do? I mean, what, what, but they're dentists. We know that, and thankfully, and we're sitting in the, in the operating chairs today, mm -hmm. but thank, but we, we know pretty much what they do, but I'll, so I'll turn over to the floor to them and, and I believe they're, they're two uh, general uh, dentists, general practitioners, certainly with a lot of specialized knowledge, but how do you get into this business and how do you, how do you start? Is it, is it innate? Is it, does it, does it come from a family? How does it, how do it get, how does it get started? So I'll turn and I, I believe they each have their story. So I'll turn to, to Sam first, Dr. Scrow, and ask you, Sam, how did you get into this practice? Where did, when did you decide that, hey, dentistry is for me? Well, I, uh, as far as I can remember, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in, uh, in the medical field. Uh, at that time, I wasn't necessarily thinking about dentistry as such, but certainly uh, the medical field is something that, that interested me. And um, pursued my training over the years and uh, made my way to McGill Dental School and, uh, and finally graduated after four years of dental school and, uh, and did a residency program at the Royal Victoria Hospital following that. Did you know that you wanted to open up your practice right away or versus maybe work for somebody else? That, I guess that came up more during the, our training as such where you start thinking about those issues as you get on in your education, third and fourth year, and certainly during the, uh, the residency, it's uh, something that you start thinking about and wondering where you're heading uh, at this point uh, once you finish your training. Do they offer business courses in dentistry school? Well, this is the issue. Uh, we don't have a lot of preparation. There, are, there is a practice management course that's given uh, in the final year uh, in dental school, but certainly uh, far less than what you would require to uh, to learn uh, the ins and outs of running a business. Uh, with a McGill and I guess you know most other dental schools, uh, certainly the dental schools in the province, uh, train us to be uh, excellent dental clinicians. But when it comes to running a business, you pretty well have to learn that on your own uh, from experience. Jonathan, did you have the same passion? What drove you into this practice? Well, similar to Sam, um, I knew as a, a teenager that I did want to go into the health profession of some kind. Um, at the time, I had a lot of friends, or as I started uh, my undergrad years at uh, in McGill University, I had a lot of friends in medical school, and I saw that really wasn't the way I wanted to go. Uh, with uh, the hours that they were putting in, and their lives basically weren't their own. And coincidentally, although my dad didn't have an influence on me, my dad is a retired dentist, uh, and uh, he did have, <coughs> I saw how things were going there, obviously, and uh, I just made my applications into McGill and at the University of Montreal, and that's, I got into it, and I haven't turned back, and I love it. It's a lot of fun. How tough was your schooling, uh, gentlemen? It's, it seems like it would be pretty grueling, if not as grueling as medical school. 
It is. It's quite uh, an intensive uh, four years, uh, at, uh, and we were, you know, very lucky. We got Jonathan and I are classmates, and we had a group of 40 individuals that uh, we got along fantastic. We had a great group, and everybody pulled together and helped each other, but you do end up spending a lot of time and going through a lot of hardship with these people, so you make some very close friends. It is a quite a grueling training. There's a lot of uh, technical... Uh, and uh, you know the skills that you're developing as 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 well as knowledge that you're acquiring so it's uh, it's, it's quite an intensive uh, training program so you guys were classmates together did you get together right away after school as as partners in a dental practice no actually the way it turned out um, once I uh, graduated as I mentioned earlier I did a residency at the Royal Victoria Hospital and this is where I was speaking to some of the clinical instructors and uh, uh, you know, I decided at that point that I would look into opening up, uh, opening up my own practice. And as it turns out, it, I opened it with initially with one of my fellow residents at the Royal Victoria, but with the understanding he wasn't quite sure there was a chance that he might move to Ottawa. So he said, you know, I'll, I'll go in with you. And we got along very well. We had the same philosophy. And, uh, but he says, you know, just be aware that there's a chance that I may at some point uh, leave. Um, and that's what ended up happening after about a year. Uh, he left and uh, opened up a practice uh, in Ottawa. He's still there today. We're still in touch and still friends. Uh, so did you have to fill that gap pretty quickly? Well, sure, because there were, you know, a number of patients that, he, you know, the practice was starting to build up at that point. Uh, and so this is when uh, I asked uh, Jonathan uh, to join me. Again, somebody that uh, I had gotten to know quite well in dental school and got along very well, had the same type of uh, philosophy, and, uh, and and obviously it's something that you have to consider carefully because you're you're in it for the long haul and you want to make sure that you choose the right, right person. Jonathan, were you already in your own practice? You were working with your dad at that time? That's correct, Josh. What, um, as I said, once I graduated from dental school, I also did a residency. Mine was at the Montreal General Hospital. And uh, <clears throat> as the residency was winding down, obviously you start wondering, okay, what's going to happen July the 1st? And my dad had a practice, and we set it up in such a way that there would be room for me to, to join him in practice. And uh, as in any business, I guess, you, you know, from day one, you're not going to have people lining up at the door, 9 to 5, and busy, busy, busy. So, yes, uh, you know, I was very fortunate that I did have some patients to start with and obviously friends and other family members and so on and so forth, but uh, I did also have some spare time. And that's where, uh, you know, fast forward six months, a year later, Sam and I obviously were keeping in touch all the time because we were very close in dental school. And uh, this third colleague of ours who moved off to Ottawa knew about the opening and I chose to, to spend a couple of days a week on the South Shore with Sam. As entrepreneurs always do, they got to grasp the opportunity as it comes forth. And uh, interesting to hear uh, to hear the startup, and we'll see how you guys uh, get along and, and work together uh, after the next break. Two dentists on today's Entrepreneur this evening, Jonathan Lang and Sam Scro. More with them in just a second at 7.15 on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur. Our guests this evening, Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow, a couple of dentists. And uh, Josh, you know, I mean, in retail, the old saying is those three famous L's, location, location, location. Does that apply to professional services, or are, are the dentists not so concerned with that because it's more of a, a destination point? You know, and, and it's retail. So retail, whether your service, your product, certainly location plays a huge role. And for something as, as personal as dental care, Absolutely, you want to be close to home or close to the office because there is some link and some commute that has to be done. So I'll kind of turn turn it to, to Jonathan and Sam and say, I guess for the South Shore location where you guys are partners, how did you choose that original location and where are you today? Um, the Again, going back to the, uh, the residency, I had uh, information from one of my clinical instructors at the time that there was a... Uh, location that uh, on the South Shore that was just being built, built up. Uh, there was a pharmacy going up in this little uh, commercial center, strip mall type of thing, um, with a medical clinic that was opening up uh, at the same time. So that right away that sounded interesting, um, you know, and, and certainly there there's a certain synergy that you can get from uh, that sort of health uh, related uh, environment. So we, uh, I remember as a resident, uh, you know, one day after after we finished at the hospital, driving across to the South Shore, and at that point I didn't know too much about the South Shore. Uh, found the location and it was um, uh, the month of February and it was basically just a huge field, snow-covered field at the time where the this shopping center was going to be built. Was it a regi residential area? Yeah, uh, there was a yeah residential area around, but it was on a commercial uh, street uh, at a commercial intersection. And um, basically, we started uh, looking into that and getting some information from the pharmacy who had done uh, some uh, market research in the area about, you know, grow, uh, growing neighborhood and uh, young families moving in and that sort of thing. So that you know, certainly helped us and we, you know, looked into that uh, area more seriously because of the, all the positives that were coming out of that. Have you ever rented a location before? I mean, this is your first venture into uh, not perhaps not owning real estate, but certainly rental and you know making sure you have the right amount of space and the and the leasehold improvency of the right amount of offices or chairs. H how did you learn to learn all that part of it? Absolutely, this was the first time, and <clears throat> as I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, very little of this. Uh, we got from school. It was uh, you're you're learning it as you're going along and uh, and uh, asking people and looking for your resources and uh, getting information where you can. Um, but uh, it was basically uh, figuring it out on our own. Did you determine that being next to a pharmacy was great for foot traffic? I mean, that was a conscious decision. Definitely. The the fact that we were next to a pharmacy and the fact that we we had decided to open up, we met the people that were opening the medical uh, clinic and we decided at the time to take a slightly bigger space and to share a reception area. So we had uh, a common waiting room and we had uh, staff that we shared at the reception area. And then we had our respective areas at the back where we would uh, see patients. So that definitely helped us at the beginning. Uh, you know, as opposed to opening up on your own, where we had a lot of more, a lot more visibility uh, from the pharmacy next door and from people coming in uh, to uh, to see the doctor, and then they'd realize that there was a dental clinic in there as well, and, uh, and it sort of helped us grow a lot faster. 
did you think about cash flow and what kind of investment you had to make going in? Is that uh, something that crosses your mind? Oh, it's it, it was definitely, time? listen, at the beginning, it was, uh, you know, we, we would go in and I remember, uh, you know, you set up uh, your equipment, your your um, purchase your materials and uh, hire your staff and you got salaries and so on and uh, putting in uh, hours from nine in the morning till nine in the evening being present just in case a patient walks in that you know and, and, and start building your practice that way and you know basically drawing no salary for the first year or so you know after you paid all your expenses not just dental, you know you, you run a practice you run a profession but you got to run a business too and uh, that's what we're going to hear more about coming up Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow, our guests on Today's Entrepreneur at 723 on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. Our guests, Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow, a couple of dentists, Josh, and we're talking about real estate and, and owning land versus buying when you're a professional. And you know, with the equipment that you have and the chairs and the, the x-ray equipment and all that, you know, owning a building, renting space certainly has, you know, has its advantages, has its disadvantages. We heard Sam's story about how, you know, he originally found his location on the South Shore and kind of linked it with a, a medical practice that was close by and shared some space. So that was great to minimize perhaps some of the risk. Jonathan, what was your experience in when you were setting up or, or kind of taking over from your dad's practice, was it also a rental versus buy option or was it a different circumstance? Well, slightly different. Um, again, with a practice that was uh, already established, my father's practice that was already established uh, and it was in a rental uh, building, uh, it was logical to continue there. And I did stay there for a number of years and being in the Snowden area, purchasing a building uh, was somewhat out of uh, was not in the in the cards because just cost was an obstacle cost exactly that cost was uh, you know the value of building of real estate in in the Snowden area and even just uh, available real estate uh, to do something was somewhat out of uh, not possible the goal is to stay close to the client base exactly so my practice was uh, in on the Cary Boulevard and I was there for approximately uh, 20 years or so. And uh, what happened was uh, my lease was coming up for renewal. Unfortunately, the building that I was in, I was not very happy with the building I was in. And right across the street, uh, there was uh, a, an insurance company that took over the building. And I knew they were putting a lot of money into renovation of this building. And this building is right now, it's a beautiful building and uh, I, there was a dentist who was practicing there. I spoke to him. Uh, he had some space available. He was a more senior dentist, and I ultimately moved my practice into his practice with the understanding that at one point when he does retire, I'll be taking over his practice. I'll be purchasing his practice and uh, I guess somewhat his business because unfortunately well, as much as we like to look at dentistry as a health profession it is also somewhat of a business. Did you acquire his practice? Well I did acquire it ultimately I did acquire his practice and that was part of uh, the agreement that we had between us uh, before I moved in that uh, once th when the time was right that uh, when he retires I will take over his practice. Is this something and just as jump from real estate for a moment uh, Acquisition, because you know you kind of look on growth and where does the growth come from uh, in any entrepreneur, any company. 
when you're looking in a professional practice or certainly dental practice, some growth could come from uh, the purchase of an existing client base or, or a, a dentist that's ultimately going to retire. Well, absolutely. It's, a, it's an equity. Uh, the, the practice grows. Uh, you look at the number of patients, you look at the number of active patients, uh, patients who come routinely, uh, and not just, let's say, who come once in a while when they have an emergency, for instance. All these are very important factors, and there, we, there are companies out there that will study the, that can evaluate your practice and give a value to the practice, so then what, when it does come time to uh, either as a, as a purchaser such as myself to purchase a practice or as a vendor the senior dentist who's f who is selling the practice you could put a, a dollar figure to this and it's because it's not just the clients itself or the patients itself there's location there's equipment uh, there's, there's, a lease. there's goodwill there's a lease there's there's all these items that come into play your final agreement with with this practitioner this dental practitioner I presume you have to discuss at great length all these different aspects before you could exchange clients, if you will. Absolutely, and perhaps uh, with the pre-agreement there, or the pre-sale that when, when, I, when I first moved in, maybe there was not enough detail uh, in my particular situation, and that would be a recommendation to others out there, is that to have, uh, try and have more I's dotted and T's crossed, so to speak, so that there aren't any surprises down the line. So, so many things to know. So, in any acquisition or any of any business or dental practice, it's really planning ahead and making sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. And I'm curious to see if the recession also affected the dentist. We'll get into that in a little bit uh, as well. It's coming up to 7:30 on CJAD. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Coming up to 7.35, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit of the Jobs Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guests this evening, Jonathan Lang and Sam Scro, a couple of dentists. And in a moment, uh, about uh, 12 minutes or so, we'll talk to Nick Moretis from Fuller Landau. Uh, he's a tax partner there, specifically about incorporating, uh, and also when you're a professional and how... What are some tricks, perhaps, to, to going about that uh, and starting your own business uh, if you're a professional like, uh, like these dentists here? When we were last talking with, uh, with Jonathan and Sam, we were talking about buying out another practitioner and kind of seizing that opportunity to help growth. Uh, and just linking it back, because we were talking about real estate and renting, uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to Sam, and, and maybe, Sam, you can tell us a little bit about how you seize an opportunity with a location to build to to kind of expand and build your own building so that you would no longer be a tenant well yeah it's an interesting story because it's one of these things where you never really plan on it and things circumstances just uh, come up uh, uh, we found out at one point uh, this is about 15 years into the practice that the fa pharmacy next door to us was uh, wanted to expand and because we were right next door to them uh, they were going to basically expand into our space and said, well, we'll move you somewhere else in the shopping center or, you know, uh, none of the uh, other options seemed uh, viable. So we started to look elsewhere and it was one of these uh, situations where we it just happened to be, uh, you know, we were at the right place at the right time and there happened to be uh, an empty uh, lot uh, almost across the street uh, on Victoria. Uh, from the existing location 
and um, uh, and interestingly enough, it was uh, you know during uh, some conversations with some of the people that dental supply companies that we deal with, and it was one of the representatives, Alain Picard, who had actually at that point mentioned to me, said, "Well, did you ever think of you know rather than looking for another uh, rental location, did, did you ever think of owning your own building?" And it's just kind of clicked you know I never really had thought about it and here was a great opportunity and uh, so we ended up uh uh, buying this abandoned building across the the street and uh, and tearing down it was a, an old building that had been closed for about a year and basically uh, building a, a new clinic from scratch um, so that was uh, something that I never saw coming I, I you know I was sure I was going to retire in the same location I had opened uh, 15 years before that and here we are now 10 years later uh, in in our own building that, that leads me to think financing you know you you know, you've, you've had to purchase uh, equipment over the years, and now you're looking to build a property, uh, a building that you're going to be in forever. Was financing a difficult, was it a challenge to get? Financing was uh, was a challenge right from the start. I mean, uh, right at the beginning when we first graduated, uh, you know, I went around to a lot of uh, financial institutions, and uh, and most of them said, "Well, you're just a, a recent grad, and you know, there's a lot of risk involved, and uh, you know, I'd like your parents to sign." Well. I thought, well, you know, here I am with my degree. I worked hard for a degree. I'm a professional, and I didn't see the need to get my parents involved. I mean, they'd helped me all along with my studies. I didn't feel that they should uh, have to, you know, be uh, involved in the at this stage of the game. Uh, finally, we uh, we were lucky enough to find someone who uh, trusted uh, us and believed in us, uh, and uh, uh, was went along with uh, with our with our plan, and uh, and we've been loyal customers uh, ever since. Uh, the, the, this for 25 was, years. This was an actual banker that this, trusted you? This was, believe it or not, yes, the TD Bank, and we're still, uh, as I say, loyal loyal customers. 25 years later, they be, they believed in us when we started, and we, uh, we, we're we very grateful to them for that. Now, when it came to uh, building the building, the, the new uh, location, uh, there, for various reasons, uh, we at that point decided to go with a uh, medical leasing company which offered other uh, incentives that uh, were uh, of, of particular interest to us at that point in time. Uh, so, uh, and then later on, uh, after a number of years, we actually switched back to the, to, to, to the bank uh, again. But uh, certainly as a, as a, a young entrepreneur and, and later on when you're looking at real estate, you have to prove y y your point and make sure that the, 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 the financial institutions uh, back you. It's not always easy. And, and as a dental practitioner, it's not just about treating patients. You've got to run your own business too. So what about when, when you're in that South Shore area, you, whether you're in the rental location or even, Jonathan, if you're in Snowden or the new, what do you do for marketing? How do you, how do you get the word out that you're there? What do you, what do, you do Jonathan, to get, to get people to know that you're open for business? Well, again, my practice has been established a number of years. Um, I find what the way I tend to do the marketing is mostly internal marketing. In other words, uh, word of mouth, uh, patients referral, refer uh, friends, family. Uh, you know, the greatest compliments I have, patients are coming from literally from the Tremblay area, from uh, 
150 kilometers away and say, listen, you've been my dentist for so many years and I want to come back and uh, I can't see anybody else. And I find those are the wonderful compliments and those are the kind of people who refer friends and family. So I, I stay away more from the, I guess, the yellow page ad, the full uh, magazine ads. I, I don't feel comfortable with that. In looking to continue the practice, gain patience, and maybe ensure that there's youth that comes in, that it's not a bunch of retirees coming in, do you look at social media and the web to maybe get the word out that, hey, come see us, we'll make your teeth as white and clean and sparkling as possible? Well, certainly that is a, the, the, a trend that is becoming more and more popular. Uh, internet sites, uh, the, the web, uh, the you know the tweeting and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, tweeting. Oh, I'm just at the dentist, and wow, uh, wonderful! And uh, he did a root canal for me, and I fell asleep, type of thing. And you know, those are all those aspects of our, of our practice. So it's it's very nice to hear that. Speaking of marketing, do you guys find yourselves uh, combating a lot of gimmicky type of? Uh dentistry operations. We hear all kinds of ads of, you know, new cures to whiten teeth and to straighten teeth. Uh, do you find yourselves uh, competing against professions, uh, other professionals that aren't as, as credible? Well, um, you know, uh, of course, as uh, as self-regulating professions, we, we have very strict ethical guidelines uh, for advertising. And, uh, and, and most professionals, most dentists certainly tend to be uh, more conservative. And I think if you'd ask the majority of, of people, they would tell you that most of their marketing takes place internally, uh, you know, word of mouth. And, uh, and basically, if you, know, if you treat people right, they'll send you their friends, their family, and you don't find that you have to do a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, external marketing and, and, and advertising uh, as such. Just, just to talk, you know, and, and as we get to the last few minutes of this segment, you know, we, we talk a lot about the business and the operations, but, and we talk about the clients, but there's a lot of people behind them that have to service. It's not just uh, a couple of, of great dentists, it's, it's whatever team is surrounding you. Is it difficult to find good people? How do you train them? Uh, how do you find them? And where do you, how did you learn that side of the business? Well, I think again, that's you know something that you learn as you go along. And uh, yes, absolutely, uh, what you say is right. The team is uh, is very important. Uh, our our management style of all has always been putting the emphasis on teamwork. And you um, you know every time you bring someone in, someone into the group, you've got to make sure that they'll gel well with uh, with everyone else, and that they'll they'll. Uh, you know, become part of the team, uh, and you know, through trial and error over the years, and uh, interviewing people, and uh, checking out references, and we sometimes deal with uh, agencies as well that uh, pre-screen some candidates, and uh, it's 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 a constant challenge. Uh, I think not only uh, in our field, but in, in in many fields. And Jonathan, do you have a similar philosophy in the Snowden practice? For as well for sure I mean it's although ultimately as the dentist I'm the one rendering the dental treatment per se but it starts at the front desk and that's the the person who will greet the per you know on the telephone as early as the telephone and then at the front desk and then 
uh, be it the hygienist, the dental assistant, it's a whole team approach. And then even when you start referring patients, if you're doing uh, procedures uh, or pr for procedures that I don't personally do, I'll refer to, let's say, an implant specialist, I'll refer to a root canal specialist, I'll refer to an oral surgeon. And again, uh, these specialists have to have your philosophy as well. And this is a great networking tool for you as well. We talked about marketing before. Hey, it's not just about patient referral, but I guess within your network of specialists, uh, you also kind of refer back and forth. Well, to some extent, keep in mind that a specialist is uh, receiving referrals from a multitude of general practitioners. So it puts them in a bit of an awkward position to start referring back to one or two. They may say, oh yeah, well you practice at the corner of this and that, and I know you live a block away, so maybe right. that, from a geographic point of view, but it does put the specialist in a bit of an awkward position. So many different aspects of the business, uh, you know, um, impossible to get to all of them, and you guys certainly are not just dental practitioners, you have to learn and operate a business, and as entrepreneurs, uh, very interesting, even though we only got to part of it. And if you're a professional like a dentist, for example, Nick Moretis will be along in just a second to explain uh, some tricks about how you can incorporate easily. So that's coming up on today's Entrepreneur. It's 7.45. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur, Dan Dalmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Uh, our guests this evening, de uh, dentists Jonathan Lang and Sam Scro, and we also bring in Nick Moretis to the conversation. Uh, Nick is a tax partner with Fuller Landau. Welcome back, Nick. Hi there. Now, we're going to get into a bit uh, of discussion about how professionals can incorporate and uh, some tips and tricks as to how to make that, that route a bit easier. Well, I, I think, you know, Dan, companies and businesses have been incorporating for certainly uh, many, many, many decades, but professional services, whether it's uh, the physicians, the dentists, the accountants, the lawyers, we've only really been able to incorporate in the last three, four, five, six years uh, or so. So this was kind of a great impetus when we had the dentists here to talk about incorporating professionals and what, we, what those entrepreneurs should really know about it. So Nick, perhaps you can give us a little bit of the ABCs on that. And what, what I have to say about professionals would also apply to uh, anyone who's self-employed who's looking to incorporate. And, and Josh brought up a point that uh, for professionals, uh, it's only been the last uh, eight years or so that we've one by one been allowed to incorporate. And one of the, the factors was personal liability for errors, uh, errors in emissions. So if you do a rotten job on one of my teeth and I want to sue, your corporation will still not protect you. And that's one of the, the dilemmas that the government had. However, um, incorporation now is, is a viable uh, alternative. It's something that a lot of professionals start looking at, and even for anybody who's self-employed, it is something you want to look at. And the first question I guess you, you go through is, well, why bother incorporating? Uh, what changes in my life? If it's not going to save you from liability, then That's why right. should I do it? And, and I usually put the, the, uh, the, the, the pros and cons into two baskets. There's the tax basket with all our pros and cons, and then there's, I call it the other basket with all the pros and cons. And, and one of the, in the other basket, that one of the, the core ones is, is this notion of limited liability. Uh, if I, uh, whether I'm a prof professional, there's a, there's, I can never hide from my errors as a professional. However, I could hide as a businessman from other, other errors that might happen that are nothing to do with professional. Um, so if you, you start a company and, and you, you, you scrimp and save uh, uh, say a sum of money to start it and, and the, the business doesn't go well with it, if I'm in a corporation, if I say invested 10000 
well, that's what I'm hoping I'm going to lose, and that's that's about it. Whereas if I'm um, my own professional or my own depreneur owner, for that matter, and I and I put in the ten thousand, and it doesn't go well, well, the the losses keep going, and I and I can't hide from my creditors, can't hide from a landlord, my suppliers, my employees, or anybody that would have to come out and pay. So that's one of the other advantages of of being a, a corporation. So it's really it's really you know what don't don't screw up on the actual practice, but you know what if I enter into a lease and and the business goes bad, then you worry less because you're within that's the right. corporation. And I say that with one little caveat: personal guarantees. Um, personal guarantees will will put aside the, the corporation. Uh, so if you're personally guaranteeing your, your, your rent with your landlord, if you're personally guaranteeing your bank loan, you're personally guaranteeing everything, well, a corporation will not give you that advantage of limited liability. And many times for our entrepreneurs, trying to hide from that personal guarantee is not always that evident. So that's the other basket. When we come back, we'll talk about the tax, tax advantage basket. That's the exciting part. Incorporating on a Today's Entrepreneur at 753. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur with our guests this evening, dentists Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow, and tax partner at Fuller Landau, Nick Moretis, talking about incorporating and uh, some tips and tricks, Josh. So we were talking about the one basket that had to deal with the, you know, the protection, protecting yourself from liability, from commercial liability. Now let's get to the other tax, the other basket, which is more about the tax benefits and pitfalls and things to know about. Well, and a corporation is a separate taxpayer, uh, so it has a, a whole set of rules specific to it as to how it pays taxes. Um, and one thing that we do look at is um, the level of income the entrepreneur is earning or the professional is earning to determine if it's worthwhile. But one enormous advantage of a, of a corporation is, is uh, something we call the small business deduction that is available for incorporated Canadian businesses, where on the first uh, half a million dollars of, of profit, the tax rate is to, uh, here in Quebec is, is 19%. Now, why would it be that low? Well, part of it is because uh, a businessman usually needs the ex excess cash to reinvest. Uh, buy equipment. If you're uh, in the dentistry field, you're buying equipment, you're investing in receivables, your inventory. Sometimes it's the extra cash to pay down your, your debt and get yourself in better financing to uh, go through recessions and depressions as we do. But um, does, that, does that presume, Nick, that you don't spend everything you earn? Well, th that's, th I'm getting there, but it, it is something that is very key because uh, for the, the business plan is looking to grow uh, and he's looking to retain that profit and, and move it, that is very important. Um, but a corporation, uh, uh, the ben that benefit of that 19% uh, for that first half a million assumes that you're leaving money in the company. If you're making, um, I'll just throw some numbers out, if you're making 200000 and you decide I need every single dime to live because I want to have that life, a corporation loses a lot of that benefit because you're, you're basically going to end up paying what you would have paid had you just stayed as a, as a self-employed professional. Um, but that's usually not why we're looking to do that. Uh, other advantages uh, as well is that um, the, the money that you do stay stays in the corporation will ultimately be taxed in the future, but during that time can grow and become another uh, asset base uh, to allow your, your assets to grow. Um, you're also looking at um, bringing in shareholders. It's a lot easier with a corporation with shareholders than if you were all alone and you wanted to change or bring in a new partner, whoops, you're a different entity from the government perspective. 
sounds like there's really a lot to know about, and each, and each case could be actually quite different. Absolutely, and it's usually an analysis that you sit back, how much money are we talking about, uh, how much red tape are you prepared to handle, because corporations do bring it up, and you make that decision as you go along. Thanks very much, Nick. No I wish we had another uh, long oh, bit of time, but, long time, but, but we'll, we'll cut you off here and, and turn to our, our two dentists, our two very experienced dentists, and ask them, what words of wisdom would you give to today's entrepreneur? Well, uh, I, I'd have a few uh, words of wisdom. Number, uh, first of all, I'd say uh, treat people right, uh, as you would want to be treated yourself. And I think that goes for any uh, area where you're providing a service and you, you'll be successful if you do that. The other important thing is to love what you do and to work hard at it. Nothing comes easy. Uh, and finally, I'd say have the courage to seize opportunities that come up. Uh, you have to be prepared to leave your comfort zone. Uh, of course, it, you know, there's calculated risks sometimes, but uh, seize those opportunities. Jonathan? Coincidentally, just to follow what Sam was saying, I had a few fillings done myself last week, and when you're sitting in a dental chair, it's true. I mean, what the profession that Sam and I have chosen, it's not... As, as fun as it is for us, being a patient in the chair, it's very apprehensive at times, and there are a lot of patients who have a fear. But what we try and do in both, in both my practices is to make it a, a pleasant environment, and that's the teamwork involved, and just to make sure the patient is as comfortable as they can be. And uh, again, always picturing yourself in the dental chair and making it as positive and pleasant as it can be. Thank you very much, guys. Dan, the quick takeaway that I'll, that I'll take from all this is even though you have a specialty, you have a, your professional, there's a business to run too. And you have to have that knowledge. You have to gain that knowledge. You have to kind of go outside your comfort zone a little bit and say, I know how to practice dentistry, but I also got to run a business. I got to hire and fire people, have equipment, real estate, and all that. And that's something that an entrepreneur deep down has that ability to go out and learn. Nick Moretis, tax guru, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And our guests, dentists Jonathan Lang and Sam Scrow. Gentlemen, it was significantly more pleasant than this. Uh, it, it had to be done, guys. <laughs> Drill, Phil, and Bill. Yes. Uh, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit www.flmontreal.com. We're back in two weeks from now. Have a good night.